Welcome to Voices of Government IT, sponsored by Unisys. This month, we are discussing achieving enterprise-wide cloud adoption. Now, here's your host, Tom Temin. Welcome and thanks for joining us. My guests today are Lakshmi Ashok, the CTO for Homeland and Critical Infrastructure at Unisys Federal. David Levy is Vice President, U.S. Government at Amazon Web Services and Peter O'Donohue, Vice President of Application Services at Unisys Federal. And let's start with the first basic question. If there wasn't a mandate, probably federal agencies would be moving some of their computing workloads to the cloud anyway. But what are the reasons they're actually doing it? Dave, why don't we start with you? I think if you look at um, agencies and really enterprises all over the world that are moving to cloud, usually the conversation starter is cost. I mean, cloud allows you to move um, what is traditionally a capital expense into variable expense. And so there's a lot of flexibility in that. But I think what, what we've seen is that um, agencies and big enterprises are moving for things like agility. Right? You can spin up thousands and thousands of resources uh, when you need them, as you need them, as you consume them. And then you can, uh, you can have a lot of flexibility in that. And so um, you're seeing agencies start to realize the flexibility that this on-demand compute allows. Um, and then I, I think you'll also see that you know, the, the commercial cloud providers, AWS included, are, are delivering a lot of innovation around services. Um, serverless computing, um, the ability to have security through API. So, so the cloud is giving agencies flexibility that they haven't had before. So it's not just moving workload from point A to point B, it's fundamentally changing the workload. Right. Okay, and Peter, what about some of the innovative requirements that agencies have modernizing and stuff? Does this get enhanced also with cloud adoption? Absolutely. So, so actually the way I think about, about why agencies move to the cloud um, is, is actually to, to boil everything down and simplify it. I, I look at it as cloud as an opportunity to rethink service delivery for all of IT. And actually, the, the, the metaphor I think of is, is just, it's, it's an opportunity to ditch the friction. So if you want to meet your warfighters' needs, you want to meet the needs of your citizens and other stakeholders, if you think of how you had to think through building an application or a website, say, 20, 30 years ago, and to be able to get it into production and scale, and actually also deal with some of the agencies related to kind of like the huge kind of like demand, the peak demand versus low demand, for me to, to, to deliver... Uh, value quickly, uh, the, the cloud absolutely is a, is a way to ditch friction and also get access to really creative, innovative things in terms of how you design to build your applications, how you can build mobile solutions, and frankly, how you can tap into your data and make better mission decisions more effectively. All right, and uh, Lakshmi, your title has Homeland and Critical Infrastructure, so that brings to mind the security needs, and that's an, always a moving target, but are we kind of pretty much past the idea that cloud is insecure? I think we're pretty much past the idea. Cloud is perhaps the most secure um, environment that you can, but how you deploy into cloud is what we need to be cons considerate about from a security perspective. Um, resiliency would be one of my top reasons to for cloud adoption in the federal government. So you know, there's a shrinking data center footprint. Um, there is attack vectors from everywhere, and cloud intrinsically provides a limited surface area for those attack vectors, for example. Um, there's also um, what Peter was talking about earlier, um, 
speech omission value, right? So with the ever-changing policies of the government that we need to react to quickly, or let's say even in the health sector, if there's a new uh, strain of flu virus that we need to react to quickly and develop antibodies for, uh, why not use the cloud to compute? That so makes that it much be better. Agility, almost in the programmatic sense, as opposed to the, the software development sense. Exactly. Yep. All right, and you see a lot of big acquisitions going on, some recompetes in DOD and the civilian agencies, and sometimes we say, well, defense is going to buy this or education is going to buy that. But really, we need to get a sense of who it is, who's the, who, who constitutes the teams, the stakeholders in this whole cloud acquisition process. Peter? All right, so, um, well, there's a few different ways to look at who the key stakeholders are. Um, I think there's, there's some personalities that we found have kind of bubbled up that we tend to have similar types of conversations around. Uh, like one, one group of customers, our clients that we see, are, are um, you know, folks who really are, they sit at the, at the executive level. They're responsible for driving costs down. They're d- responsible for compliance. They're responsible for security. And they, they favor stability. And actually, data center operators and owners uh, tend to report into that function. And actually, a lot of those folks look at cloud as, as a bit of a threat. And, and we find the conversations that are most important with those folks is, is helping them kind of understand their roles in the future. And we've seen lots of great examples where, you know, with some training and kind of reorientation, some of the most successful folks in terms of running workloads resiliently, securely in the cloud are those folks. Um, you know, then we've got other personalities like the, the security folks tend to want to know, okay, I need to move away from kind of a perimeter-based security posture I need to kind of rethink my strategy in the cloud. Uh, we see uh, chief data officers, um, and this is actually something we probably undersell in terms of moving to the cloud is as we move our data to the cloud, a lot of what has been traditionally siloed um, actually becomes available for, say, interrogation and leverage and, and opportunities to run analytics and make decisions across what was formerly a set of siloed data sources is, is it becomes open. And the last group is, is folks who are at the mission edge. So folks who are really invested in, in making sure mission-critical problems are solved more effectively. Like in our case, we've seen, you know, to be able to turn over a weekend and deliver a new analytic solution so I can, I can make mission-critical decisions more effectively. You know, th- those types of organizations want to really achieve, I look at those as wanting to achieve digital transformation with cloud adoption. Those, those two t- stories tend to kind of go hand in hand. And Dave, is that how it looks? You have a whole team from a federal agency or department coming in and talking to your folks? Yeah, we do. I, it's, a, it's a very uh, varied set of group. I think, I think what you can, um, we see a lot of leaders at the very top of agencies um, starting to realize that these are the sorts of capabilities that can really transform the agency, to Peter's point about whether it's digital transformation or wanting to transform on the edge. So that leadership really is driving the conversation in these agencies and their need to, to look at problem sets, whether it's citizen services or war fighting or another capability in a different way. And so all of those stakeholders are coming to the table and, and having the conversation with us. And Lakshmi, the word cloud really refers to not one thing, but a whole ecosystem of providers. Mm-hmm. And so do you find that it's the best practice to have a single cloud provider in the commercial? Or what, do, what are your customers looking for? What a question to ask, right? <laughs> so um, really, for me, when I look at the customer base, most of them um, are um, consistently adopting a diverse, envi- diverse environment for cloud. 
I mean, diverse environment for their infrastructure. So, you know, most of the federal government has already started moving out to Office 365, for example, for their email. Um, then they use other providers for CRM. And yet, there is two or three major cloud providers that they're looking at for infrastructure in addition to their data center. Because let's face it, with the federal government, I think a vast majority of workloads are still sitting in their data center. And so one of the things that we have to, as SIs, carefully balance is how do we operate across that diverse environment. Um, at the same time, we've seen at the same time, we've seen uh, nowadays um, solicitations that have come out uh, for a single cloud provider. And uh, there we tend to go in with cloud native services or, as our solution sure. geared towards that particular um, provider. So considerations to take really is um, vendor lock-in is a word I've heard a lot mm -hmm. with the clients and they're averse to vendor lock-in. But at the same time, as we um, take a more diversified portfolio, uh, a view of adopting other clouds, complexity sets in. So complexity in financial governance, complexity in monitoring, for example. Um, how do you uh, secure the uh, environment? So these are some of the considerations we need to uh, Taken while we're going, while we're looking at either a single cloud approach or a diversified environment approach. Okay, a lot to think about. On that note, we'll take a short break. My guests today are Lakshmi Ashok, the CTO for Homeland and Critical Infrastructure at Unisys Federal. David Levy is Vice President, U.S. Government at Amazon Web Services. Peter O'Donohue is Vice President of Application Services at Unisys Federal. I'm your moderator, Tom Temin. This is Voices of Government IT, achieving enterprise-wide cloud adoption, sponsored by Unisys, here on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. At Unisys, we understand the common challenges to cloud adoption. Whether it's making the right business case to acquire and contract for cloud services, overcoming the challenges of organizational change, reskilling and training, or implementing modern engineering and governance best practices in a shared responsibility model, Unisys can help you migrate with confidence, manage cost controls and security compliance, ditch the friction and migrate with speed. For more information, visit us at unisys.com federal. Welcome back to Voices of Government IT, achieving enterprise-wide cloud adoption, sponsored by Unisys, here on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Our guests today are Lakshmi Ashok, she's the CTO for Homeland and Critical Infrastructure at Unisys Federal. David Levy is Vice President for U.S. Government at Amazon Web Services, and Peter O'Donohue, Vice President of Application Services at Unisys Federal. I'm your moderator, Tom Temin. And we talked about some of the goodies from cloud computing in the first segment. Let's talk about some of the challenges, the common challenges you see across agencies in adopting cloud. Peter, why don't we start with you? Sure, so one of the things that we found is, is I mean, cloud, um, there, there are immense opportunities to serve uh, you know, the stakeholders of government more effectively with cloud, uh, but, but we see that there's a lot of things that need to have happen uh, in order to be able to kind of reach nirvana. And some of them um, are, have to do with kind of mechanical, kind of maybe not, not as sexy things. So some of the programmatic issues. So, so we find, um, you know, oftentimes agencies need to kind of rethink their, their procurement approach or acquisition approach. So how do I set, set a, a contract together 
um, so that I can deal with the amount of innovation, the amount of, I mean, the sheer number of, of service catalog items that you have on the major cloud providers mm -hmm. can, can be a, a huge issue for, for federal customers. Uh, we find that actually we talked about one of the key issues and one of the key reasons that folks move to the clouds. cloud is, is related to financials. Um, oftentimes, the very same agencies who want to move to the cloud actually don't really understand what their current spend is. Mm -hmm. So they don't really have that visibility. So oftentimes, you need to, to understand how to quantify what the business case is, how to put together incentives together um, in order to make, be able to make that case. And we also have the, uh, the new kind of standard of TBM being implemented as well. So there's a lot of, a lot of thought that has to go into making the business case. And TBM applies in the cloud just as much as in your own data center. Absolutely, it does. Absolutely. We, and then we see, you know, there's, there's the, this question of, like, what is a roadmap? What does a playbook look like in terms of what do I need to do with my assessments and how do I plan for it? How do I kind of plan for what I need to do with my folks, my training, my, my governance processes? That all needs to be put together and needs to be implemented and actually need to have a contracting acquisition strategy that map, maps up to that. Um, and then we talked about a lock-in a little bit. Like sometimes, um, you know, I, I believe that lock-in happens no matter where. Um, it's choosing where you want to lock in. And actually, there's a lot of times there's really good reasons um, as to which cloud provider. Actually, in some of our major civilian accounts, for example, uh, we actually have put together matrices and decision kind of trees that, that help you say, okay, for this type of workload, you're going to move it to AWS. For this type of workload, maybe not so much. We'll keep it on-prem or we'll put it to another cloud provider. So actually having, having support for agencies as they're going to go through those journeys and helping them put their, their larger enterprise roadmap together uh, is critically important. Because otherwise, without those big things being done, we see folks kind of getting stuck and sure. wanting to move to the cloud and getting frustrated sometimes. It sounds like even though you may not want lock-in, you should plan for a long-term engagement if you're going to get the most benefit. That's right. Well, actually, truthfully, anytime you make a decision, you've locked into something. Sure. It's choosing where you're locking in is really the question. And what are some of the people issues? Because there are cultural issues, especially when you're taking someone's data center and throwing it up into the cloud. Yeah, sure. Well, I think what we've seen, um, the difference between agencies and customers that talk about doing it and the ones that actually do something and get it done is really at the top, it's leadership. And what we see is leadership sets aggressive goals for the organization um, around their objectives and drives the organization to to make those changes and, hold, and holds people accountable. Uh, without that leadership, uh, all the other things that kind of flow under that, uh, whether it's upskilling or uh, learning security or governance, uh, really happen at varying degrees. So, so in our view, it takes really strong leadership from the top at an agency to make this happen. And then you can start to build the people issues that you need around organizational change uh, and, and really um, putting a plan together that can help skill the right people, bring in the right partner uh, to pull off an effort uh, transition to cloud. What about that IT person who may have gone back to the mini computer days and they're used to having servers brought in and yeah. plugging them in and winding up the tapes, I'm, you know, so yeah. to speak. Well, how, I, I, used to be, I used to be one of those people, <laughs> so I can, certainly, I can certainly understand that. I think... You know, cloud presents such a huge opportunity for, for all of us in this industry. There are so many uh, new technologies, and, and regardless of the platform, I think the, the ability to get new skills is out there. Um, and so uh, there are so many uh, different things you can get into from serverless to containers to uh, new world databases, uh, new security models. So I would say for that, for those IT professionals, uh, the sky is, is really the limit.
Lakshmi? Yeah, I was just going to add that changing the mindset is also critical. So yes, we, we definitely need leadership. Um, we, we need leader sponsorship. We need sponsorship from the leaders. Uh, but changing the mindset of the people is equally important. I'll, t I'll give you a little example. So one of the very first cloud implementations that we did, um, we had an SLA to spin up a server uh, within four hours. Of course, we met it in minutes. But uh, we had to do a change order. We had to do go through a CCB, change control board, mm -hmm. and that took two weeks. Mm -hmm. So just imagine that using cloud in such a situation was really not necessary, right? So we, need, we needed to change the mindset of the people so that they did not have to go through the same CCB process because it really wasn't necessary for something like cloud. And when you mentioned CCC, CCB process, that gets to the idea of governance. That gets and that's always an issue. And yeah. a lot of times you hear feds talk about the authority to operate mm -hmm. and how that maps over to cloud. What are your thoughts there? I think I'll, I'll speak to you um, about technical governance for a bit. Uh, technical governance, some of the challenges that we're facing from a governance perspective um, with the customers that I have is they have these old monolith applications, of course, right? Where um, they have null code, they don't know the code is tied to the hardware. There's so many interdependencies between databases. So how do they even begin to get out of there to rethink their data architecture that can be federated, that can be accurate, that can be leveraged across? That's just one part. Then how do how do they start breaking that code to use little model modules like microservices? This is the other thing they need help with. So they definitely need to start looking. That's their area of challenge from a technical perspective. Yeah, so the governance kind of maps over right to the technical. Yes, absolutely. That idea of, uh, of where the applications are tied directly to the hardware, that's more common than people understand, I think, sometimes in government. It's very common. We had to get used to sticky sessions and dealing, not to go too nerdy on you, but we had to start looking at how do we deal with sticky sessions when we were moving some piece of code over to cloud um, a couple of months ago. And so. all the interdependencies start to pop up that mm -hmm. might have been buried in the, in the goo for a long time. Yes. All right, on that happy note, we'll take a short break here. My guests today are Lakshmi Ashok. He's the CTO for Homeland and Critical Infrastructure at Unisys Federal. David Levy is the Vice President for U.S. Government at Amazon Web Services. Peter O'Donohue is Vice President of Application Services at Unisys Federal. I'm your moderator, Tom Temin. This is Voices of Government IT, achieving enterprise-wide cloud adoption sponsored by Unisys here on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. At Unisys, we understand the common challenges to cloud adoption. Whether it's making the right business case to acquire and contract for cloud services, overcoming the challenges of organizational change, reskilling and training, or implementing modern engineering and governance best practices in a shared responsibility model, Unisys can help you migrate with confidence, manage cost controls and security compliance, ditch the friction and migrate with speed. For more information, visit us at unisys.com federal. Welcome back to Voices of Government IT, achieving enterprise-wide cloud adoption. Sponsored by Unisys, here on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. My guests today are Lakshmi Ashok, CTO for Homeland and Critical Infrastructure at Unisys Federal. David Levy is the Vice President for U.S. Government at Amazon Web Services. And Peter O'Donohue 
Vice President of Application Services at UNSS Federal. I'm your moderator, Tom Temin. And let's talk about some of the post-challenge issues, and that is how industry can help federal agencies get into this cloud adoption. And Dave, why don't we start with you and some of the services AWS has that can help people get there? Sure, sure. Well, we get, um, you know, I think one of the things about AWS that is unique uh, is that we're very focused on what customers want. It's, it's one of our leadership principles. And so we really, the services we provide are designed to help the customer accelerate on their journey. So we have things like a migration acceleration program, which we call MAP, uh, and that really sets the stage for how a customer might make a decision to move to cloud, what to move, how to move it, what uh, services to use. We have lots of onboarding tools, things like landing zones to help customers get started. And then, of course, we, you know, we've got a, a broad ar array of, of of training and support that allow agencies to uh, start their journey, to be in the middle of their journey, and to finish their journey to cloud. I, I do also, you know, we have great partners like Unisys. Um, I think what's what we're excited about about Unisys is they have a long history in the federal government of uh, being really close to mission partners and supporting government. Uh, they're a trusted advisor, and they're in a role as a strategic systems integrator that can help the government make this transition and make the critical decisions they need to make, uh, whether that's moving into DevOps or a digital transformation. So we're really excited about our partnership with Unisys, and uh, we believe they're going to be a great partner to help the government and, and AWS. And do you get questions about geographical distribution of where loads might be running and physical locations? Sure, all the time. Um, you know, we have a, a really large global network mm -hmm. of availability zones and, and questions like latency and Physics come up all the time. Uh, we believe we've got a, a really strong footprint to satisfy that, regardless of the classification level workload that an, an agency might be running. Sure, because people do, you know, government side people do worry about the intra-cloud within a given vendor issues sure. sometimes, even though they, they can't see them necessarily. Sure, sure, absolutely. And, and you know, we have uh, our GovCloud region, which many folks are familiar with. We have a GovCloud in the west and a GovCloud in the east uh, for people that want the kind of latency or con continuity of operations that they need or or even if they just want to run uh, a backup in, in one region, they can do that as well too. Okay, interesting, all right. And uh, Peter, a lot of federal agencies seek almost an abstraction layer between themselves and cloud providers, even especially if they may have more than one cloud provider. Tell us about some of the services that you offer that can help people speed well, up the process? Well, that's a great question, Tom. Um, so we, we have uh, um, our, go to, our go to market, our capability that um, for, for cloud adoption, we refer to as Cloud Forte. And um, we actually have kind of implementations of it that really suit the specific need of a, of a client. Um, we, can, we can use cloud as kind of a commodity um, if necessary, but we strongly recommend um, a multi-cloud approach where we can actually n not dumb down each of the cloud providers and really leverage like the, the, the goodness that actually each of the cloud providers uh, offers, particularly our friends at AWS. Um, within our Cloud Forte offering, actually one of the things we've really strongly um, acknowledged is, is the recognition that, that um, there are a lot of programmatic things and org change things that need to have happen before you move to the cloud. So we, we focus... Um, on managing the cloud and automation to manage the cloud and govern the cloud. But actually before that, you know, we have um, really invested heavily in, in advisory services. So what are the things, 
you asked a question earlier about the risk management framework in FISMA and actually even FedRAMP and the FedRAMP packages. So working with our clients to help them rethink and retool their risk management framework approach so that, so that you can um, inherit a set of controls more effectively and, and kind of significantly lessen the effort uh, that it takes to actually get a workload into the cloud and get it an ATO for that workload in the cloud is, is a really important part. The org change piece is extremely important. So we actually, we, we strongly adhere to this notion of a cloud center of enablement. And to give you an example, on some of our major programs um, for in Lakshmi's area, actually, I was on a call this morning and we were talking about, there's a tipping point where after you've trained and certified, you've provided the templates and the accelerators, and you provided the leadership, people stop thinking in terms of old processes and old ways of thinking. And actually, this is how I run a data center. And you think far more cloud natively. Uh, we feel like the org change, the training, and actually making sure people have access to the right talent and tools, that's actually really important. And you, you can actually see a pivot point, a tipping point happen on programs where people kind of make that mm-hmm. transition. And now they become cloud native thinkers. And actually, I can tell you that the implications for our agency customers and clients and for also the CISOs within those organizations is, is, is amazing to watch that transition happen. And once that transition has happened, Lakshmi, what are some of the operational characteristics that they need to yeah. understand? So some of the things we bring from a Cloud uh, Forte perspective is, for example, one of the things Cloud Forte brings from an operational perspective is integration into your service desk. Mm-hmm. so that you can have automated tickets right from the end user up to the cloud provider. We also um, provide ITSM processes. But more importantly, what we do provide is uh, a view into your financials, right? Uh, so the government uses uh, CLINs to procure cloud right. today. Um, but that's not the way the CSPs bill. So what we do is provide conversion between uh, the records, the mm-hmm. consumption records, into and we map them into CLINs so that the procurement people at the government uh, easily understand what they've consumed from a cloud perspective. Um, the In second, many ways, it's almost like the old cell phone bills where there were yes. long lists of unintelligible information, exactly. but somehow you had to understand mm-hmm. it, especially in the federal yeah. context. And that gets more and more um, interesting and challenging as you start using things like DevSecOps, right? Because then you're treating infrastructure as code, there's not a human in the middle, suddenly you start using infrastructure, you surge up and then you shrink down, but how do you keep track of this? So we use the records that the providers um, send us. The other thing we also do is, um, manage across the enterprise. So we provide tools that enable management, um, not just at the application layer or at the infrastructure layer, but end-to-end management. So we can, in fact, point out what the root causes uh, look like or what are the root causes. So in effect, I guess the, uh, the CIOs and the other operators in the tech side on the agency side really get the thing that they most fear losing, and that is visibility and transparency into what's happening in their clouds that they're paying for. Yes, and the third thing I would stress uh, on here is securing everything. So it's not just throwing security at the end, but started right at the beginning from a development life cycle through uh, testing and through production so that the entire perimeter from the application layer 
to the infrastructure is secured. Okay, end to end. Good place to end our discussion, which I want to thank you all for having a very lively one. Uh, today's guests were Lakshmi Ashok, CTO for Homeland and Critical Infrastructure at Unisys Federal. David Levy is the Vice President for U.S. Government at Amazon Web Services. And Peter O'Donohue, Vice President of Application Services at Unisys Federal. I'm your moderator, Tom Temman. You've been listening to Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search Unisys. Listen to the entire discussion of Voices of Government IT, sponsored by Unisys at federalnewsnetwork.com.